Do I say hello? Yeah, sure. You you, you don't have to say your name, but hi, you can just name say is hi. Friend. Hi, friend. How's it going? Pretty good. You can give yourself an acronym. You could say you're Mrs. Pink. Yeah. So just go with friend. Hi, I'm your friend. Hey, friend. I am a conscious creator and your leader for this evening. Hell yeah. Welcome to the Conversations in Con Consciousness meeting of Conscious Creators. Our purpose as conscious creators is to fulfill fundamental human needs and guide others who have a desire and willingness to do the same. These needs are security, connection, community, intimacy, communication, creative expression, sensation, progression, and reflection. Our process is outlined in the following set of measures. One, we acknowledge habit patterns and that undermine our purpose. Two, we begin to cultivate a curious and receptive mind. Three, we accept the possibility of new life-affirming experiences. Four, we gain awareness of our self-defeating habit patterns. Five, we share the effects of supporting our self-defeating habit patterns. Six, we choose to bring our perspective into alignment with our purpose. Seven, we commit to acting upon the insights of a conscious mind. Eight, we create space by releasing what no longer serves us. Nine, we consciously create new life-affirming experiences. Every Wednesday, we come together in a sincere and intentional space to record an anonymous podcast presentation of the material outlined in the way of the conscious creator process. The purpose of this gathering is to offer insights and experience to help make the material more accessible, relatable, and helpful to others. For this hour, we commit to working towards the realization of this aim. Although we encourage interactive dialogue, please never interrupt anyone's share. If you wish to expand upon someone else's thoughts, please wait until it's your turn. To expand on this, I've asked another friend, another friend to read the about this meeting handout. Hey, I'm another friend uh, about this meeting. Uh, number one, asking people to get vulnerable requires a safe space. So please, no criticism, no judgment, no sharing outside this meeting. Number two, we cross-talk. We share our unique perspectives. Every perspective is valued. None are absolute. Three, you can opt out of this. Let us know if you feel uncomfortable with this and we'll avoid it. Number four, our goal is to connect and express, to increase our capacity to hear and be heard, see and be seen. And number five, to allow yourself an authentic experience, we suggest you attend a few meetings before deciding whether conscious creator suits you back to friend number one <laughs> before we begin let's meditate for five minutes i will set the timer what an amazing idea all right hold on let me where did i put that timer? okay um and then i'll press stop on this because no sense recording as timing Okay. Who would like to choose a habit pattern for hmm. discussion from our list on page 126? I think you already picked a different reading, right? Oh, okay. All right. What did you what did you pick for tonight? Our purpose. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, I think we just start reading and do a similar thing to what we've been doing. Um do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Oh, just called on you. Oh, perfect. All right. Hey, um, friend number two and uh, our purpose. Our purpose is to fulfill fundamental human needs and guide others who have a desire and willingness to do the same. These needs are security, connection, community, intimacy, communication, creative expression, sensation, progression, and reflection. Fulfillment is an active internal state of wholeness and joy. Fulfillment happens in moments. It's not so much a destination, but rather a lifelong exploration. It's a way of life that needs to be cultivated. The path of a fulfilled life is a personal experience. The alternative, an unfulfilled life, 
feels more like a slow grind or even a death march. We are the only ones who can determine the quality of our living experience. No one can tell another person whether or not they are fulfilled. This is something that each of us must acknowledge for ourselves. Only we know if our life is lacking. We may not know what to do about it or what else is even available to us, but we can certainly experience our moments. We know other possibilities exist, but don't know how to go about how to create them for ourselves. Continue. Do you have anything to share on that? I'm just excited to discuss fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've been focusing on It's not like I want to reach to the end and get, you know, the best thing out of it. Like, okay, I want the reward. But I'm always focused on what I need to fix. Mm. And that I'm always coming from behind. And I need to see fulfillment as something maybe that's I'm content along the way somehow. And that this, if anyone's anything's going to give me the answer, I figured I'll find it here. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Um, let me see here. Well, this is, I mean, this is within the, this breaks down. Um, we'll get into it, but this breaks down because this is in the first measure of this process, which is the very beginning. And it's basically acknowledging those habit patterns that interfere with our ability to live our purpose. And so it's talking about in, within, within the reading you chose, which we'll be getting into, it's speaking about these, these fundamental needs we have and how these patterns have interfered with them. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily going to be like rainbows and butterflies or the nine step promises. It's going to be, uh, it's going to, it touches on the needs, but it's within the context of how we struggle to fulfill them while we're actively engaging in these patterns. Yeah, it's going for me. That means that it's going to break down areas that um, have been preventing me from reaching optimal fulfillment or better, you know, more fulfillment than like picking up something that is not really fulfillment um, as a reward. Mm. But that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's keep reading. Lack of fulfillment. Neglecting fundamental needs creates a lack of wholeness and joy. This leads to attachment addiction. Let's start out by examining our need for intimacy and connection. Most of us have struggled with loving others and allowing others to love us. We participated in relationships that share fleeting moments of intimate connection, but more often than not, there was a persistent feeling of anxiety and discontent. We observed relationships that other people appear to be enjoying and grew distraught that connections like these seemed beyond our reach. For us, the grass most certainly seemed greener on the other side. This was especially true while scrolling through social media. After engaging this process, we discovered that the grass is greener the grass is green wherever it is watered. Mm. In other words, self-neglect had created to a desolate desert of... Where is that pen? <clears throat> Let me, wait one second. Do you have a pen? Yeah. Here. I'm tired of that basket. Yeah. Oh, you're pulling the basket over. Jesus. Um, so where is that? Um... Second pack, one, two, three, fourth down, fourth line down. Let's read it again. Others of us. It is watered. It is watered, the lawn. I created 2A. Here we go. Got it. Thank you. Something like that created 2A oh, and created a desolate desert of futility. Our first order of business was to stop indulging in these self-inflicted cycles of compare and despair. 
We had to stop comparing our insides to other people's outsides. We had to redirect focus on ourselves. It was really challenging to be honest and see our relationships for what they really were. Here's what we discovered. We saw that we were engaging in relationships that felt more like entanglements. Some of us seem to have an uncanny knack for choosing partners who all but ensured future heartache and drama. Those of us who had our fair share of those roller coaster rides settled into relationships that were safe and stagnant. We chose partners that we could take or leave. We chose partners who we could control or who we would allow to control us. In either case, these relationships were unequal and unfulfilled. The same pattern also carried over into our friendships. Either we had difficulty meeting new people or were good at meeting people but not so good at letting our guard down. We seemed to attract people who complemented our outlook on life. Many of our friendships shared a survival mentality. I can relate with that last sentence a lot. When I first started really, I didn't realize how I kept a bunch of friends around that all kind of had the same outlook on life. Like we were all just like um, uh, struggling to get by or surviving or like having a, I, I don't know, it was weird. There was, It's like um, it really kind of validated like that I, you know, it's like I wanted to have these different relationships in the world, but as long as my thoughts and my beliefs stayed the same, I was only, I, I kept the, like people around me. It was like the crabs in a barrel type thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you get, would you, any of this relate with you? Did you share any of your experience to with it? Um, yeah. I mean, I relate to issues in relationships, but I was really looking at or noticing that when I do scroll through media, social media or see people on the street or, you know, it, it, got to the point where, and I wasn't always, I wasn't like, like this all the time, Mm -hmm. actually probably in the last, with the pandemic and everything go too far within myself and negativity and drinking and everything. Um, It was like, everybody else looked better than me, Mm -hmm. no matter what. It's like, oh, their hair is nice. Oh, look at how happy they are playing tennis. Oh, this, like everything was, I compared myself to, Everything and that always came up short. Mm-hmm. You know, but prior to the pandemic, that was not really as big a deal. Like the pandemic kind of has that exasperated it because I heard a lot, I heard that from a lot of people. I know yeah, it's I had a, a struggle. Lot of, well, you know, the, I had some catastrophic things happen, and I still didn't always go to a negative place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, pandemic just totally wiped out anything good I ever created in my head. My life was just horrible. Mm. just horrible it's like jail worse i don't know if it could get worse jail could get worse because they don't well they don't give you alcohol <laughs> so yeah we well, can make pruno we did yeah i've done that a couple of times we put like yeah i'm sure i could buy something but <laughs> it's not that tasty um i i was i did have a lot of joy in my life and I still compared myself in a lot of ways. Like I, I voices like my mother um, didn't tell me much, but she said like, "Well, you could, you know, you know, always smile and make sure you always look good." Like it, it was superficial stuff. It was never anything. It was like, "Oh, you know, you're so pretty. Do your hair mm. like that kind of thing." Um, why do you dress like that? You're so pretty. It is. It's just like God. You know, this thing sunk in my head. Like, oh. Do I have to do these things to be attractive? And is that my only value? Is if I am attractive, what if I get you know get hit by something and it sideswipes my face and then you know? <laughs> right, right. Well, so, then you're worthless. Yeah, and then yeah. you see other people who are you know a lot more attractive, and and it's like oh, they must be happier because that's that was my bench that my mother was like really the very few things she actually said (laughs) and and that was one but she was 50s yeah and she had a really hard life and she was very pretty and 
to I guess that was that was part of that mentality. She she all she did was watch show uh, movies from the fifties and Elizabeth Taylor and that was the culture. Yeah, that was the culture. So. Well, and their internet would have been like you know us watching, seeing, scrolling through social media, looking at all these people's perfect lives on the outside. When they had all those movies from the golden era of big screen, you know, like all the Charlton Heston, Elizabeth Taylor movie. I mean, talk about something looking polished and perfect. Mm. I mean, and then everyone having to upkeep that image. I mean, people probably that was that created a lot of heart attacks back in there. They're trying to maintain and keep up with each other. Yeah, interesting. It's you know, what's interesting also is, um, you know, it's like even I was taught. I was looking at. Well, you know, we're always on the cell phone and we're like cruising by and you see people on their phone everywhere. A hundred years ago, those were people reading newspapers and they would like literally be looking at the newspaper just like we do our cell phones now. So nothing much has changed. The more things have changed, the more they've stayed the same. Interesting. I like that. Yep. Um, all right. So we got to survival mentality, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So we shared the bond of mutual suffering rather than fulfillment. We became increasingly distraught over the lack of genuine uh, intimacy and connection we shared with those around us. Many of us accepted a superficial relation as our only option. And, and interestingly, it wasn't like, I, I don't know that I was distraught over the lack of genuine intimacy and connection that I shared because I didn't really, growing up in neglect, I didn't really realize that there was someone who grows up in, in neglect. It's the absence of something essential. I didn't know that I was missing intimacy and connection. I just knew there was something wrong and I just figured it was with me. You know, that, you know what I mean? I just felt with the absence of that gen genuine connection and intimacy to anybody, even my mom and dad, I just was like, fuck. I mean, I guess uh, I just, in the absence of that's what made me crazy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's a little different. I, uh, and most of us accepted a superficial relation as our only option. After experiencing a str string of these kind of relationships, we began to question what the common denominator could be. What did all of our unfulfilled relationships have in common? What did they have all in common, friend number one? We were in every single one of them. We began to recognize that we were only willing to participate in particular kinds of relationships. I like how I just put in whatever word my mind says to use there rather than what's on the book. Um, <laughs> give me a second. Let me just... um, uh, we learned. Or we attracted partners who seemed to validate our core ideas in regards to love and intimacy. We learned that we had adapted, adopted uh, concepts of love that held little in common with the love we yearned to experience. We went out of our way to create partnerships and experiences that would confirm our idea of love. That sentence right there. So we went out of our way to create partnerships, experiences, relationships, that would confirm our idea of love. So have we ever, I think we talked about this, but like, like there's a relationship that's on the table that looks very much different than what I'm used to. Like growing up with a narcissist, alcoholic dad and having made me kind of in, a, in an emotionally unavailable mom made me conditioned to chase after people who are unavailable and kind of brace up against people who were available. Is that, can you relate with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You have anything else to share about that? If you don't, you don't. I'm just curious. Um, I don't really. Okay, so they would confirm. Hey. Hello. What's Hello. up? Come on in. Yeah, we're doing a conscious creator meeting. Oh, what's that? Yeah, sit down, grab a book. We're doing a, it's a, it's a. Uh, it's a live. What's your name? Ricky. Oh, what's up, Ricky? I'm I'm Asher. I met you before, right? I think so. Yeah, we're uh, uh, we're on page 121. So this is uh, we're doing like it's a podcast. So we're just recording. We're reading a book together and having a conversation. And it's uh, just about today. We're reading about fulfilling fundamental needs. And so we're on the 
middle of page 121. Um, feeling like taking a little venture, just jumping into something that's totally unfamiliar. Um, do you want us to wear masks? Oh, you guys can. I'll, I'll wear mine. It's cool. Oh, you sure? Because we'll put it on. If I... Can I just uh, tag it like Jason in? Oh, yeah. Well, we're just reading. You don't have to share, but if you want to help, you want to read with us, you can. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, Whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna sit in. Okay, cool. Check it out. Sounds good. Um, so we went out of our way to create partnerships and experiences that would confirm our ideas of love. So that's basically we're on the third. Uh, I'll show you where we are. We're right one, like right in there. To, like ideas of love. We supported these limiting concepts at the expense of authentic connection. This left us feeling defeated. At this point, we gave up on the prospect of love and began to pursue other activities that kept us busy and distracted, yet unfulfilled nonetheless. The same mental process that led to our lack of fulfillment with love and intimacy also affected the professional and creative aspects of our lives. We were haunt haunted by unrealized professional goals and half-finished projects. This state of creative incompletion relegated us to endure bewildering cycle, a bewildering cycle of dead-end jobs that crushed our soul and drove us to escape life whenever possible. Some of us had the kind of job that looked really great on the outside but left us exhausted and, exhausted and discontented. Are we going to continue? Yeah. Do you have anything to share on that? Um. And it felt like sick when you were talking about the unfulfilling jobs. Yeah. I, ha I had jobs that I didn't like, and I have, then I created my own business, and I loved that. I worked really hard and it was very rewarding. And then I just started, um, I fell out of, um, I, I didn't keep up with my computer skills. I was doing design. Mm -hmm. And I started taking jobs that I thought I could, I would be qualified for. And it was always something like low, low level, you know, um, something that didn't require any skill or any real thinking to it. It was just do it by rote. Mm -hmm. And it's completely opposite of who I was and who I am. What do you mean and by that? I always took on challenging jobs. I always enjoyed them. They were creative. They were, you know, management um, was always, it was always like um, treating the people well, good benefits, mm -hmm. really uplifting type situations. And then I was taking these jobs that would just like, beat you down. Mm. And I, I hated them and I still do. And I'm now I'm at a crossroads and um, I don't feel like confident enough to, pursue something that I would have pursued before. Mm. And I don't know if that's real or imagined at this point. Mm. It's just something to notice. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that when I would get into my, like, um, like I would be kind of kick, kicking ass and doing well, like managing farmers markets and putting together cool, like, uh, events for, um, just stuff that I was enjoying. It gave me like a lot of creative fulfillment and I was interacting with people. It's kind of like my dream job or like, uh, it was like, a, it was like, a, it was like something was given to me by the universe. And it was really hard for me to receive that and to cherish it and to really honor it and to like, uh, fully appreciate it. And it's like a garden keep watering it and keep pulling the weeds and keep doing that stuff. Like I, it almost, um, I was so used to dropping grenades on things like that. And I would drop a grenade on it. And it's almost like I couldn't wait to get back to like underbidding myself, painting someone's house for $5 and then, you know, <laughs> lashing myself and like basically totally uh, self sabotaging or like, I don't even know if that's the word, but just invalidating myself doing something that I couldn't stand and then not getting paid for it on top of it. So I could walk away from it being like, I'm such an idiot. You know what I mean? So that was like a, it, that was like an issue for me. So I, 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 I yeah, that's a lot of fun. I, I too can relate because I'm a dancer. And when you bring up events, it's the same way. The, the whole industry has changed, you know, to where 
um, the artist has become their own promoter, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Where back in the days, you were hired a certain way, and and there was like a, a rule of how they did the hiring and. You know, I think like everything's kind of gone DIY now. Like everything's like do it yourself. Everyone's yeah. Oh Everyone's wow. promoting themselves. They're not even they're cutting the middleman out, so that well in music especially, but um, yeah. So there's a lot of limited jobs. Yep. And not only that, just the whole dance. Uh, styles have changed a lot. Yeah, it's kind of similar to like the technology being changing right. when you were talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah, so I feel that. It's 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 only wanted in certain like areas, I guess. Got you. you know, like genres. Yeah, job -wise. Yeah, if you're not in that thing, then you're kind so of asked out. That the whole just that feeling of you know feeling not 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 less than just not wanted mm -hmm. <laughs> or. Um, you kind of lose confidence, mm. a little bit of self-confidence. Yeah. You know, a tiny bit. Um, but thanks to, like, the program, it lifts me up. And I just know I got to direct myself in a, in a, in a more creative way. Yeah. Take a different avenue. Because that doesn't stop my creative mind or self. Like your desire to be right. creative. Right. And even if it's... it's um, raising other dancers which mm -hmm. i've done and they went worldwide oh that's great so now it's backtracked and now they're like trying to ask me to for work you know and stuff like that but it's almost like you're able to be of service in that way exactly and that's, that's all really i cool. did i just practiced the principles that i was taught here yeah turned around and i didn't i didn't talk about it yeah i just did it that's... i suited up i showed up i spent I, I, I practiced brotherly love with these dancers and 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 got down to basics. Mm. You know what I mean? Twelve steps, you know? And 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 I just shared like my role, my life. Gotcha. And 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 that that I could be that example that they don't some of them know that I was, you know, alcoholic addict mm -hmm. and some don't. You know, but they just they they gravitate towards me because the program works within me. Yeah, because you're working their spiritual yeah. tools. You're open and open so, in that way. But I, I I can feel where you're coming from, where you feel less. And now I'm gonna have to. I don't know. I'm trying to like find out where I'm gonna go with myself. Well, a lot of us are in that reevaluation stage. I mean, we're all coming out of like a year and a half long monastery sabbatical. You know what I mean? It's been really intense. So um, I think that that's kind of the cool thing. I mean, a lot of things died off for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of things mm. just aren't even on the Some table. Some of us needed a break, I think. I think so. But not that long. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't need break two coming up. It looks like they're trying to push break two. Like, uh, So who knows? I don't know. Are you sure you don't want to read? Uh, not right now. You're good. No pressure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's um, some of us had the kind of. Oh, it's back to you with security first. An internal sense of security is our most essential fundamental need. Without fulfilling this need for security, our other needs become irrelevant. For example, if we feel insecure, our desire for creative and personal fulfillment can degenerate into compulsive behaviors in an attempt to gain some control. This need for security overshadows our other fundamental needs. It should be noted that security does not require armed guards or a million dollars. You can have surprisingly little material security and still be quite secure with yourself. True security begins with a secure internal connection to conscious awareness. And security is right here. So freedom from danger or threat, the absence of financial fear. So it's not talking about a million dollars in the bank. It's just, you know, the, it, your, the absence. I mean, we have enough money to do what we need to do. And that's the kind of security. It's just like a baseline. All right. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of yeah i mean and that gets our foot in the door if this need for security obviously if there's a tiger chasing after us or like a building's about to fall on us or the, like the, the, something's on fire and we need to get out of danger or threat 
obviously there's not going to be a lot of time to sit around and be creatively expressive and connect and be intimate. Like we got to fucking figure it out. But if that's done, then we can move on to connection and community and being creatively expressive. We can exploit what else do I want to do as a creator, you know, because I have enough money in the bank. Right. And I think it's also interesting too, because we were talking about like, I can do pretty much anything as a, a way to means to an end, as long as I also have my creative thing I'm doing. I'm making music, if I'm doing art, if I'm doing my thing and I can see my craft prog progressing, I can dig ditches the other half of the week. But if I don't have that mm -hmm. creative thing, yeah. if I'm just digging ditches or even if I'm pimping myself out some way, I have a lot of money. I built empire for people. I know what it is to, to put all my energy into something, but it's not mine. And really, I don't have anything for me over here. That could be, I feel like a death sentence. You know what I mean? I need both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Love and truth. Without love and truth, we are nothing. No amount of external validation or monetary compensation can substitute. Love and truth can mean different things to different people. What could be harder to define than love and truth? We have gained wisdom on this topic. In Conscious Creators, we break love and truth down into nine fundamental needs. Most of us had never considered these needs. This is especially true for those of us who came from a background from trauma and neglect. I, I, I corrected that. Okay. <laughs> for us, these needs seemed beyond our reach. Mm. Without the fulfillment of the following fundamental needs, we would have continue to be enslaved by a double-headed tyrant of attachment addiction. I'm going to pause. Go for it. You're back. Oh. Security, freedom from danger or threat, the absence of financial fear. Period. Oh, period. Oh, wait, after fear? Yeah. I don't think definitions get periods. At least, the, I don't know. These don't. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, the next one's connection to form a relationship or feeling of affinity Community is communion with others resulting from common values and needs. Intimacy is a close, familiar relationship with either a person or a group. Communication, which is so important for me right now, is successful sharing or exchange of thoughts, feelings, and desires. I just, I'm sorry. If I, I didn't realize, I always wanted intimacy and connection and community, but I just now, it's like if I can't express my desires set boundaries and say what I need from people. I can't have any of that. It's like, I was always like pining away for those kind of things, but if my communication was stunted and I couldn't do that, how am I going to have relationships with people? Cause if they started getting close to me, I would shut down and then I'd have to. And luckily I had, I have identical twin eight year olds. And when they were like three or four, they were coming at me like a mob, like what's up, you know? And I was like, I'm going to get a voice right now or else these kids are going to, overpower me and that's funny i learned to have uh some communication skills from setting boundaries with two strong-willed three-year-olds <laughs> it's, it's cool. funny how it happens yeah it's like when the teacher is ready the the when the student is ready the teacher appears and i had two little uh teachers out as this come creative expression the process of bringing something new into existence and i got the into this is a proof copy by the way so this is like a rough draft of a book we're putting together. So that's why there's a lot of typos and stuff. Um, sensation is the ability, ability, ability to physically feel, especially human emotions. Progression, this is another one that's so important, Develop process of developing gradually towards a more desired aim. If I don't see myself progressing, even just a little bit, it brings me a lot of anxiety. And uh, the last one is reflection, careful thought after much consideration. So it's time now, it's time to now consider these needs within the context of your life. Which needs do you currently neglect? In which ways are you currently unfulfilled? To answer these questions honestly, you may want to pause, shut your eyes, and reflect. 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 You can sense, think, or feel this lack of fulfillment. Anyone got anything to share on those needs or anything we're reading? I never even thought about those needs my whole life. Communication's a big one for me because I, I used like art 
very often to communicate what I was feeling. Um, that's another thing about having a domineering sister, more than one actually, that I was afraid to speak. And I find that still when I feel like I'm being kind of controlled or someone is questioning everything I'm saying, about trying to kind of say, well, that's not really true because, you know, and I'm, it's like my opinion or whatnot. Then I start shutting down and just stutter, you know, not really stuttering, but I can't think of the word or I say the wrong word. I just get nervous, uh -huh. you know, and that sucks because <laughs> I need to still continue and say what, you know, don't argue. I don't really need to prove I'm right or anything, but just say what I need to say and let it go mm -hmm. without getting that anxiety attack, you know, like a panic attack. Over mm -hmm. it. And feel heard. At least we feel acknowledged, right? I feel yeah. like that's pretty darn important for me. Yeah. And that's important because if I start, shut down like that often, then that's, I'm really separating myself from people mm -hmm. and not building relationships and not being able to work past it you know yeah i think you bring up a good point there because like i have the twins the twin siblings and it's like it, i really need people in my life at this point who we are willing to like no one's coming to this party healed and perfect but i just need people i can work with you know what i mean like i, I don't want to work for someone i don't want to be a slave to someone i don't want to be have others people be my slaves i just know like hey here's the thing i'm trying to do i want to enroll you in this possibility i'm trying to get over here are you willing to like work together to like what's the thing you want to do like i want i'll work with you too i just want people i can work with rather than like oh i see like like we're in recovery or if I'm on the spiritual path, but I'm over here in this relationship with someone who's not on the same path and they don't have any interest. They're like, fuck you. Just like, like, no, I, I started hanging out with you because I thought we were doing this thing and now you're trying to get healthy. I'm not trying to get healthy. I was trying to do this thing. Or you know what I mean? Like as an example, I just think it's so important that people both acknowledge, yes, like let's work together on this because otherwise it could be really self-defeating. And I don't know how to have that conversation with my twin eight-year-olds, but they definitely, as soon as that's, I'm easing them into that, but they need to have like work together more and not tear each other down so much. It's, it's, it's really hard sometimes. They don't do it much, but when they do, it's like really cutting because they know each other so well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like siblings, Ugh, it's brutal. <laughs> and one of them like knows how to like dig in there because she's kind of like a little bit more gnarly. And it's no, just like, whoa. Trust me, I know. I'm a twin. So. Oh, you're a twin? Oh, wow. Yeah. Brother or sister? Brother. Twi identical? identical yeah. Dude, yeah, I have identical 28 year old girls. So there's always a passive and there's always an aggressive one. Which one are you? Always passive. You were. Okay, you were you the more like work. empath, peaceful one? Yeah, kind of just go with it. Mm -hmm. You know, although I had, I had my aggressive moments as well, but, but, majority of the time he would be considered the aggressive. Can I ask you a question about that? When I see, because Dylan, the, the, the one that's chill and more empathic, she's cool until she isn't, but she, it's hardly like, then she'll like go after it and get really gnarly with that's her sister, but it's never unprovoked. Like she's always provoked in it. It's like, it's, it was hardly ever just like, I mean, once in a while, she'll just come out of the blue and do something. But nine times out of 10, her sister's bringing her to agitating her to that state, getting her angry like that. Yeah, that's well, that's kind of like the same situation with my brother and I. Mm -hmm. He would antagonize me until the point where it's almost like a volcano until it explodes. Mm -hmm. And then I would retaliate. And there's no putting the jack back in the box at that point. No. It's, like, <laughs> it's all the six months oh, of you putting up with the BS right. is going to come out of so, that one. And then, it, then it's released. And because I grew up, my father wasn't around. He was a, a drug addict and alcoholic. Yep. And uh, had been, you know, in the state penitentiary on and off, you know, throughout his life. So our father figure wasn't there for us. Yeah. So we were raised by a single mom and it was tough. Bro, that's hard. Really, really tough for her. Mm -hmm. um, and it's tough for the men too. 
I mean, just being a single, I was raised by a single mom and an older sister. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because, especially, I can't even imagine twin boys. But I mean, one boy, I had a lot of energy. And when I would, you know, she, she just didn't know how to do anything with that energy except just shut it down and mm-hmm. kind of turn it off. Because it would just, she, she didn't know how to handle the little boy energy. It, and it's really hard for single moms if there's no one else there. I can't even imagine. I mean, it kind of, it really kind of, you know, it takes a strong woman to, 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 to raise one boy. I can't even imagine twin boys. Yeah. It's pretty tough. yeah I feel and you. we fought a lot. I mean, that's how we would settle matters. You and your brother? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and there was times where she couldn't stop us. Stop, 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 you know, but, and, uh, but she was able to, to do it by loving us, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it just reflection brought me back. You know, when they talk the need for reflection. Yeah. Reflection, because sometimes I have to look at those moments, you know, and remember how much damage I've been through, or how much trauma I've been through, or how much sacrifice I've been through, and as well as my mom. So, like even today, I like I, I treated her to Mario's. Uh, place in Glendale. I don't, have you guys been there? That's the Italian spot, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it. Oh, in fact, they had that for uh, my kid's mom, who I'm really good friends with, and her husband got that for um, her father's birthday. It's good. Oh. Really good. You know, if you like Italian food, it's, yeah. it's, it's My father's who doesn't? Italian, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're Italian? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you dig it. It's, it's yeah, pretty bomb. It's, oh. Um, but, yeah, so just little things like that. I'm able to say I love you, Mom. You know, thanks for dealing with us. For sure. <laughs> I don't think I could hang. <laughs> thanks for sharing that. We had four girls with no guidance, I'd say. And it was really bad fighting. So I know you say boys, but four girls. Vicious. Vicious. Gnarly. And yeah. my father left a lot. So my mother really had <laughs> no, he left the day, he left the day I was born. He left a lot. Like I mean on business or just like no, he would just come in would and out. Cheat and oh, come in you. and out and he was a liar. He was like the worst, you know, when they say self self centered yeah. person. That was my father. Total narcissist. Stuff that he said he completely made up, and I didn't even find out some of it till like five years ago. And I believed stuff my whole life, mm-hmm. and just for I don't know pity to pity him or whatever it was. But my mother was a very weak person. I mean, I saw her as a weak person, but she had to have a lot of strength to be able to stay there and not throw us away, you know. Totally, how far apart in age were you for? Four, two years each. Oh, wow. So boom, 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 boom. Yes. Yeah, a good friend of mine kids, also yeah. had four yeah. siblings and it kind of, the mom, her mom, the cheese kind of slid off the cracker. Like one, because it was like one right after the mm. other. And next thing you know, she was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> no, for real, though? a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. it's, yeah. yeah. Everyone has a different response. Everyone has a different capacity, but her mom was just kind of, I mean, you know, some people, it's just a lot. So I don't know how people who do six or eight kids do that, but I have a friend who had thirteen kids that they were like farmers and they had this relaxed it's way amazing. of living and thinking and plus that's like free ranch hands. Back in the day, that's the thing. Like my kids, I'm like telling them now, I'm like, look, you all would be in the fields working six hours a week a day right now, minimum. And After you guys are just chilling here in the air conditioning on your dumb little Game Boys, like you have no clue how good you got it. And that's like this whole generation. Um, he, you, they said that to us when we were go to school or whatnot. They're like, you have no idea how good you have it. I had a walk this long. I had used to say, I had one outfit, and it was always ironed. Yeah, and they but would take a shower like, every fourth day, and they're all parents. I don't know. I think we're all kind of the same peers. You, I don't know. I mean, how old are you? Oh, damn. All right. Okay. So we're all peers, but like our parents' parents all were like depression babies who like didn't even throw away newspapers. And then World War, it's just, you know, people these age, like, yo, you have sewers, you have electricity. Like people today have no clue how good we got it. These kids. 
it's really gnarly. You know what I mean? And I get it. No, I mean, I didn't have any sense of it either, but like really like we wouldn't even be talking about these fundamental needs until like recently because mm. we would be busting ass, digging yeah. ditches, you, you know, don't get that sewers and, and construction and putting, you know, grinding, grinding dude. And that's the, the intolerance you see with some of them having when they, when you have feelings around people like that, they're just like, you don't get to have feelings. <laughs> You got to get to work. Yeah. You know, there's no feelings in this. Well, and there is something to be said for working and because then you don't get all that time to indulge in all that stuff. Yeah. The devil in the deep. I mean, no, the idle hands let the devil works be done. And there's a lot of devil work being done right now because yeah. there's a lot of idle hands, you know, and the, the pandemic didn't help. No. We have, uh, we're going to close up. Do you, let's just finish this last little, um, uh, I'm going to finish this last page. So it says we are all, oh, wait, sorry. It's time now to consider these needs within the context. Oh, yeah, I said that. Sorry about that. You want to read? The, you take us home, Nance? Or friend number one? Sorry. That's okay. Um, we are all different. We are often in denial of those aspects of our life that we find to be too much or not enough. Our, inclination, our first inclination is to say everything is all right or I am fine or things will get better. These expressions of denial feed a delusional kind of hope that things will somehow magically change in the future as a substitution for changing it now. Here are some questions to help you identify your habit patterns or neglected needs. Answer these questions with a simple yes or no. Is your resistance to growth unfulfilling? Does your lack of gratitude and appreciation leave you unfulfilled? How about your inability to communicate, to set boundaries, or let others know how you feel? What about a lack of intimacy and connection? How about your inner feelings of anxiety or these those creative projects that remain incomplete? Does the absence of community leave you unfulfilled? What about your health or physical appearance? How about your relationship with your child or relationship with your higher power try to view your life as a physical manifestation of your thoughts and beliefs this may sting a little but it will help you to connect to the reality of the situation we'll stop there yep um and i like there was another one in there that was edited out but the relationship we have the way we talk to ourselves is that unmanageable like just the voice inside our head the way that we you know, it's like we wouldn't treat anyone else the way that we treat ourselves with that inner critic. You know what I mean? Um, so we have uh, five minutes. Does anyone have any final thoughts? I'm good. Did you? anyone else want to share anything uh, in closing thoughts before we wrap up the meeting for tonight? You good? Nothing? Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, I think there's some, you want to read the last little bit of the, I think the handout has a little bit since you're our leader tonight. I don't know where it went. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that was awesome. You guys, just so you know, and forever recap for everyone at home, our, the conscious creators, our fundamental purpose, our primary purpose, you know, a, it's staying sober and here it's nurturing those needs. We come from the trauma and neglect. Those needs are never even been thought of before. And so this is patterned loosely after the 12 steps, but it's, you know, instead of powerless over alcohol, we're acknowledging patterns of behavior, but rejecting awesome. love, yeah. acting like a victim, being judgmental and dismissive, neglecting our- Well, after the, I, I've, you know, witnessed and, and of course experienced the 12 steps, that's what you dig into. Yes, you that's what you run into. It's me, my behavior, <laughs> the way I act, the way I react, the way I'm used to. And so you've done the 12 steps. Yeah. So then this would be, um, so where it says defects of character, we call them habit patterns. And so it's basically starting on number six and acknowledging habit patterns that undermine our ability to fulfill these needs, to support love and truth. Patterns that keep us in fear and needing control. Right. So that's where it starts. Where is that written, the habit pattern, instead of defects? Because I, I my negativity Well, they're not, up on the, they're not on the wall. So no, uh, I'm here. Is it in here? This we book? don't talk about the, We don't make many references to AA. But no, for I, him okay. being, I see but saying. for him being someone coming from twelve step, I like to create bridges of understanding. So, um, but dealing with creative, uh, I mean, uh, defects of character. 
Yeah, so we're just saying the whole character is defective because it's built on fear and trauma and it needs control. Yeah. And so we're just going to create new habit patterns to override those fear patterns so we can start to fulfill those needs and be whole and joyous. So it works really well with 12 steps or like therapy or whatever. But um, just so you give you a little point of reference because you kind of walked in. Yeah, you're like, wait a minute, what is this? Creator. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh. oh, yeah, Roman. <laughs> Roman's awesome. He's I've awesome. known him for years from the actually the Windsor Club years ago. Oh, dope. Started, yeah, he started coming here. But I used, I would go to both. Did you ever go when the Pathfinders were was across yeah, the street? Yeah, when it was at. So you knew Gary too, probably. Guy with the beard, the white beard, the tall guy. The guy that held the house down. Yeah. 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 Gary's one of my friends. He's really cool. He's been yeah, like a mentor to me. Well, cool. You guys, you, uh, you want to bring us home? Yeah, yeah, and the guy set the place on fire almost that one time. <laughs> I know that guy's name. I forget who's moving. Anyway, what's cool Pilar, is this? Maybe? Huh? Was his name Pilar? No, uh, his name was, uh, he was half American Indian and half something else. And his name was like Nathan or something like that. Or anyway, we'll just, we dug But it was stuff. awesome over there. No, it was it a was cool really spot. Funny. Now it's a psychic shop. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll just we're gonna close this recording out, and we can ch chat afterwards. Okay, so we time we have for sharing. Uh, there are no dues or fees for conscious creators membership. We are sustained by a contribution, so please give what you can. Please refer to the table display for a Venmo link. It's not here. It's fine. I would like to thank all who have shared openly and intimately in our special space this morning, afternoon. Any evening. Please remember that what is said here and heard here stays here. Here, here. Here, here. Har, har. We will now close the meeting with the we version of the serenity prayer. Instead of me, we just say, say we. please and we. Yeah, so some people like we just say God grant us the serenity. So. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just say, uh, God, grant, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I always followed up with a fuck yeah. <laughs>